You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. It is so nice to have some testosterone in the room tonight. I just have to say... You know, this room never smells better than when there's a women's conference. I don't know if you all have men's conferences, but they smell really different to women's conferences. So you came in here yesterday and there was the aroma of Christ uh, through the room and it was just beautiful. We had a ball, but I'm a church girl and I'm glad that we're here together for church for the whole weekend. Now, I love it because I was here last year and you all are like multiplying like rabbits. I mean, we are online. I'm speaking to all our campuses. Um, you are like the intergalactic Grace Family Church. That's what's happening. You just like keep growing. So I am just honoured to be here and you ought to thank God that you are planted in such a great house under such great leadership because it truly is amazing. You know, I grew up, for those of you that don't know, in Sydney, Australia, this is how the proper English should be spoken um, in this way. And my dad, I I grew up in a, a Greek, a very staunch Greek Orthodox family. Has anyone ever seen my big fat Greek wedding? Y'all are heathens. Do you watch movies here? Unbelievable, yes. Well, I love, my Big Fat Greek Wedding seriously is my Big Fat Greek life. That is exactly how I grew up. If you went to my mum's house in Australia, there's Parthenon columns and, you know, Windex was the answer to life, the universe and everything in our house. Whatever happened, you sprayed Windex on it. And my husband would tell you, I'm still the same. There's Windex in every cupboard in the home. So I grew up like that. This year, or in 2022, I was in Greece and Nia Vardar, you know, she's like the actress and the executive director, I think producer of it. Um, they're doing My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, which comes out uh, this, this year. And they were filming it. And I wanted with my whole heart to be in the movie. Like I thought I'll be an extra. I was like literally internet stalking her, like trying. But anyway, it didn't work. So I'm not in it, but I will be watching it with the rest of you. But my dad would take us out. And so we were like that loud Greek family. And our parents would take us about two hours north of where we lived in Sydney, um, up the coast of New South Wales. There was a beach and it was called Eumina Beach. Now, it still is called Eumina Beach. And what it is there is it's very well known because it's got these very strong riptides um, under, you know, under the water. The currents are always moving. The currents are always taking people out to see. I mean, people literally die at this place. I don't know what that says about my parents taking us there regularly. I don't know what they were thinking, but we would go. And this is what my dad would always do. He would put a beach umbrella on one side and he'd put some beach towels on the other side. And he would say to the three of us, there was George and me and my younger brother, Andrew, and he would say to the three of us, hey kids, when you're going out there to play, when you're going out there to swim, you will be having so much fun. You are going to just be caught up in all of the fun that you are having that you're not gonna realize that under the surface, the currents are shifting and that they're taking you out. So I need you regularly to look up and make sure that you are swimming between the beach umbrella and swimming between the beach towels. I need you to look up regularly and check your markers. Because if you don't look up regularly and check your markers, whether you realize it or not, you are going to be drifting out to sea. And my dad would always say, Kids, I need you to remember that all you have to do to drift is nothing. That's all you have to do to drift. You don't have to do anything bad to drift at all. I mean, if you want your marriage to drift, just do nothing. You don't have to have an affair, just do nothing. 
You want your, your kids to drift and, 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 and move away from, just do nothing. If you're a chick, you want your eyebrows to drift, just do nothing, you know. Like. You want your health to drift, do nothing. In life, all you have to do to drift is nothing. Drifting is the default mechanisms of human beings. We just automatically drift if we're not consciously checking our markers. Now you and I are living in a day and an hour on the earth where the currents are shifting at an unprecedented rate. In every sector of society, I mean, things have always been cray-cray on planet Earth, but if you notice, we've gone to new levels of cray. Things have just gone to new, I mean, you think, has everyone lost their ever-loving mind? Now, I know in Florida, everybody's normal, but the rest of the planet, I assure you, People have lost their minds. And in my lifetime, 35 years of following Jesus, I've seen a lot of weird stuff. But the rate at which things are getting weirder has left us all with whiplash. The currents are shifting. And unless you and I consciously and proactively choose to check our markers regularly, you can be the most well-intentioned Jesus follower on earth, but you will drift. You will drift. And over the last few years, we have seen a massive drift the writer to the Hebrews was writing to a group of Christians. They were Judaizers that had converted from Judaism to, and they'd become Jesus followers. And there was a huge cost associated to them following Jesus. They had lost their homes. They had lost their families. They had lost their jobs. Many had to run to hide in the catacombs because they were literally losing their lives for following Jesus. There was no social currency involved in being a Christian. And during those times, people were thinking, you know what, this is just too hard. Just being a Jesus follower, I mean, it's just too hard. I mean, adhering to a Christian sexual ethic, it's just too hard. Adhering to believing in the authority of, of the Word of God, that's just too hard. People just think you're too crazy. It's just too weird. It's costing me my job. It's costing me a promotion. It's costing me friends at school. It's costing me relationships. Society and culture think that I'm weird. It would just be easier to go back to where I came from rather than continuing to walk forward with Jesus. And it's in that context that the writer to the Hebrews writes the letter to the Hebrews, which probably in the last three years, I've spent more time in this book of the Bible than any other book, because it could be written to you and I as Jesus followers in 2023. And we're gonna pick up in chapter two, but just before I dive in, let me tell you what happens in chapter one. The writer to the Hebrews begins this entire letter and he's starting to say to them all, so many of you wanna go back. So many of you are drifting away. So many of you think it would just be easier to go back to being Judaizers. It would be a whole lot easier to go back to the law or go back to, and he says, look, remember. And he starts to talk to them about the supremacy of Christ and the sufficiency of Christ. And he says, he reminds them, Jesus, Jesus Himself, He's better than the Lord. Jesus is better than the prophets. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is better than the angels. What are you gonna go back to? He is supreme. He is sufficient. He is all worthy. He is all holy. It is for Jesus that we're going forward. And He's telling them Jesus is supreme. And then we pick up at chapter two for this reason, because Jesus is supreme. Grace Family Church, for this reason in 2023, because Jesus Christ is worthy, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. For if the message spoken through angels was legally binding and every transgression and disobedience received a just punishment, 
How will we escape if we neglect? All you have to do to drift is nothing. If we neglect such a great salvation, this salvation had its beginning when it was spoken of by the Lord and it was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. At the same time, God also testified by signs and wonders, various miracles and distributions of gifts from the Holy Spirit according to His will. The writer to the Hebrews says, because Jesus is worthy, let us also pay much closer attention, it says in the ESV, much closer in the Greek, that is perisoteros prosochin. And the reason I know that so well is when we were growing up, my mother, Greek is my first language. I, I didn't speak English till I was five. If we were coming into a very dangerous situation, my mum would yell out, say you were crossing a busy road. My mum would yell, Christina, perisoteros prosochin. And you would know from her tone of voice and the choosing those words in that sequence that this was really serious. That this wasn't just a time to pay attention, but perisoteros prosochin, extra attention. And I would say the Holy Spirit loud and clear is saying to us as the church of Jesus Christ in 2023, church, this is not just a time to pay attention, but pay much more attention, lest you also drift. You know, we go boating a lot, my husband, loves to boat. I love to sunbake, so it serves both purposes. And so, you know, I believe the purpose of having a boat is so that you can sunbake. And we were out there and, you know, we live West Coast, Best Coast, California. So we were out there and um, I, it was very quiet here in Florida when I said West Coast, Best Coast, California. I, I felt that. My husband would agree with you. Don't worry. And so we were out there on the boat and Nick's like, Chris, can you throw the anchor out? Um, we're in the anchorage and I just uh, was so ticked off this particular day. It doesn't happen very often, but I was so ticked off because it was disrupting my sunbaking. And I didn't, you know, I was just like right in the right position so that there'd be no tan lines. And so I sort of, you know, was a submitted wife and got up and just got, grabbed, the, grabbed the anchor and like threw it. And then I went back to sunbaking. Now about 30 minutes later, our boat like hit another boat in the, in the anchorage. And my husband was like, Christine, I told you to throw the anchor out. I said, I did. He said, just, did you check that the anchor connected with the seabed and that we were actually anchored? I went, minor detail. You, you didn't say that to me. You just said, throw the anchor out. There is no point not making sure that you are anchored because the currents will take you and cause you to drift and collide. Before we go out, Nick checks the anchor that's connected to the boat. It's connected by a chain. The chain has various links on it. Now, if any of those links are in any way rusty or broken, then it doesn't matter that we've got an anchor because when it comes to using that anchor, it's not going to do anything for us because the links connecting us to the anchor have been rusty and are no longer working. What the last few years have shown many of us, either that we were not connected to our anchor or the links connecting us to the anchor were rusty and a little bit of winds came and a little bit of waves came and the current shifted and suddenly we found ourselves floating out at sea. And yet Hebrews says that Jesus is this hope we have as a anchor for our soul. Can I just say, I'm not surprised that the world wavered so much over the last few years, but Christians, are you for real right now? Are you for real? 
We're singing songs. Most of us have been lying for the last few years. We sing songs we don't even believe. It's very quiet in this Presbyterian church. I'm going over to this side over here. I know online you're watching me and you're like amening really loud as are all our other campuses. But here's the deal. What this has revealed to us is maybe we need to check some of the links on our chain because our anchor will hold. Because there is no demon in hell, no person on earth, no current shift, no storm that can actually destabilise Jesus. Therefore, if anybody should have been steady, it should have been us. If anybody shouldn't have wavered, it should have been us. Because listen, our anchor doesn't even go down to the sea. It goes over behind the veil into eternity. There is nothing more stable than being anchored in Christ. But only those things that can be shaken will be shaken so that those things cannot be shaken will remain. And here's the interesting thing. As we've come out of a season, I want you to know that the currents are still shifting and they're not going to stop. But you and I do not need to be rocked by what is happening in the world around us. Is it cray-cray? Yes, in every realm, politically, economically, socially, morally, environmentally, every realm, people have lost their minds. But we ought to be the most stable people. We ought to be stable because our anchor is Jesus and He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And He is always faithful and He will never leave us and He will never forsake us. There ought to be something about Jesus followers that are anchored. I'm trying. I'm trying. So what might be some things that we can check? Because I think that every now and again, you and I need to check the links in our chain and go down and say, okay, what, what are some links and where might they be rusty or where are we not connected? So, I mean, I've got 30 I could do, but you all want dinner. So maybe you'll get four or five tonight. But we'll just do a little check of our links tonight. How do you know if you're drifting? Because sometimes you could be drifting and not even aware of it. And it's only when the storm really comes that suddenly you're right out to sea and you're like, how did I get here? Well, maybe a sign that you're drifting is if in your life you care more about a blue check mark than a heart checkup by the Holy Spirit. A generation is drifting because we are so obsessed with being verified by Elon on our little Twitter profile, or substitute your TikTok or whichever one you want. But we care more about being verified by man with a blue check mark than we are actually caring about the fact that Jesus Christ validated us at Calvary 2,000 years ago by giving His life for us. Most people are drifting because we care more about curating our public profiles than cultivating a personal intimate relationship with Jesus. We think, man, that somehow you build a life if, if, if it's just well filtered, well followed. We care more about how many are following us than about how many are not following Jesus. We care a whole lot more about how many likes my latest post gets than whether we are becoming like Christ or not. You know you're drifting. You know you're drifting. When it's all about curating a public profile, man, just making sure we got the right filter. And it's so weird to me in this generation 
because everyone wants to be their most authentic, real, spontaneous, just true self. So I wanna just post my most authentic, real, spontaneous self. So let me get out under the right light and let me make sure that I've got the right angle and let me make sure I put the right filter and let me edit it and crop it. And then I'm just gonna post it and upload it and go, here I am just in my natural, spontaneous, having a quiet time self, hashtag blessed. And then if it doesn't get enough likes in the right amount of moment, I better take it down and take another reshot just so I can be more spontaneous and authentic now. <laughs> Maybe you've drifted and we're no longer cultivating any kind of private intimacy with God. We're no longer seeking and longing and hungering after the presence of God. And we're wondering why we're not lasting because we want a quick spiritual sugar fix. You know how I know my daughters are sick? I know my daughters are sick when they're not hungry. I was gonna say when I've cooked, I don't do that often, but when I've ordered great food from great restaurants and they're not hungry. And when there's an absence of a hunger for God in a generation, you know they're sick. Because we spend so much time worried about what everyone else thinks, making sure we're building out brands and we're building out platforms as if God can't see them and we will do anything and we will compromise anything and we will post and we will gossip and we will slander as if God does not read your feed. I'm like, y'all, when we'll be judged for every idle word, let me just add some of that in the Greek, an idle tweet, an idle Facebook post, an idle TikTok dance, an idle everything else. We will give an account for all of those things that we think nobody knows, even if you have got a little troll account without your picture on it. I just need you to know God sees and God knows. And it's time that we get our insides right with God and not worry about what's going on on the outside. Maybe you've drifted. Maybe another sign that you've drifted is when your will matters more to you than God's will. You know, it's so interesting in this era of everything is man, self-actualization, self-realization, self-fulfillment. How's that working for a generation? How's the search for self? I'm telling you what everyone's finding as they're looking for self, they're finding neurosis. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. Look at the data. I mean, literally what they're gonna do in about 100 years, they're gonna dig up like a, um, like a time machine thing, a time capsule, and they're gonna unpack it and they're gonna say the most frequently quoted statement in, 20, in the 2020s, and they're not even gonna be able to understand it. They're going to need like an interpreter, like you need an interpreter for hieroglyphics. They're gonna go, what does this even mean? You do you boo. You do you boo. The you do you boo philosophy, how's that going for planet Earth? Let me give you some scripture. In the book of Judges, it ends with everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Never goes well, never goes well. And we have a generation that thinks somehow my self-actualization, my self-realization, me doing me, my way is going to bring self-fulfillment. And those of us that think God's just a sugar daddy and all He wants to do is make me happy and gratify my flesh. You know you've drifted. Because even Jesus Himself, God incarnate, the night before He died, He's in Gethsemane. And He's asking the Father, 
if there is any other way, now of course not to, he's going to fulfill the purpose for which he came, but if there's any other way of doing this, is there a plan B? Father, take this cup from me. And then he said the single most missing words in 21st century Christianity, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. When was the last time Jesus was in Gethsemane, sweating like drops of blood? When was the last time you were on your knees going, everything in my flesh wants to jump into bed with that person that's not my spouse, but nevertheless, not my will. Everything in me would love to post this thing, but nevertheless, not my will. Everything in me wants to log into that website and watch those images, everything. I'm not diminishing the reality of the desire. I'm just saying, when was the last time you said nevertheless? Not my will. In a society that consistently affirms and encourages your will, your desires, your self-professed identity, your self-professed needs and wants. I'm just wondering when was the last time you aligned them with the Word of God and said, everything in me wants to do this, but nevertheless. Maybe you're drifting when you no longer even consider what God's will for your life might be, for your actions. But we're just going with the flow. We're just drifting out with the culture that says, you do, you boo and we just slap a Jesus title on it and do the same thing. I'm gonna keep moving because it is so quiet. I'm so scared you're gonna get indigestion at dinner tonight. <laughs> Maybe you're drifting when you care more about everybody else's business than you do the Father's business. Oh man, we, we carry our phones 24 seven and we have access to everybody's business all the time. And we're wondering why anxiety rates and depression rates have hit an all time high. We were not created to know this much about everybody. We really were not. And it is amazing. What is even more amazing to me is we have major opinions about people that we've never even met. And not only do we have those opinions, we feel like it blesses the world if we give those opinions. <laughs> it is amazing to me, Jesus was 12 years old. The first recorded words of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, first words that He says, verses are very important in the Scripture. He's 12 years old. Do you remember the story where, where Mary lost God for three days? Do you remember that? which I always love because that's put in the Bible for every woman that has ever left her child at the supermarket or forgot to pick your kid up from school. God put that story in the Bible to let us all off the hook. It's fantastic. I mean, what do you do? Like Mary lost God for three days. You know, that's okay. <laughs> you being an hour late for school pickup, it's okay. Your kid will get over it. So Mary turns up and where's Jesus? He's in the temple with the teachers of the law. And I always tell my daughters, I want you to be exactly like Jesus, except the one time I do not ever want you to speak to me like Jesus spoke to his mother is exactly in this story. Because when his mother walks in the door and she's freaking out, Jesus goes, woman, 
I said to my daughters, don't you ever, don't you ever. (laughs) He says, woman, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about the Father's business? First words of Jesus, 12 years old. Not I must be about everybody else's business. Man, I need to be updated. Most of us are gonna die having scrolled through everyone else's life and never live the life that God put us on this earth to live. We are scrolling and swiping through everybody else's life. And it's the biggest distraction from the enemy because it's taken us away from the one thing that should be all of our priority as Jesus followers, that we are here to be about the Father's business. That's what we're here for. We're here to be about the Father's business. Maybe you're drifting. If that's no longer your priority, maybe another sign that you're drifting is when you're becoming way more conformed to this world than being transformed by the Word. See, we're living in an era where they're lying to your generation and telling you, well, you're just, this is just how you gotta be forever. That you're just a product of your history, that you're just a product of your society, that you're just a product of your upbringing. Listen, I'm the kid that was left in a hospital unnamed and unwanted when I was born. I'm the kid that was sexually abused for 12 years. I'm the kid that grew up in the poorest zip code in my state. I'm the kid that was the daughter of Greek immigrants, didn't even speak English for the first five years of my life. I am the kid that should be a statistic, but I am living proof that in and through a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can start bad and you can finish good. That Jesus still transforms lives. Jesus still renews today. But so many of us are just believing the lie and the cultural narrative that I'm just a victim of my circumstances. And what we're doing is acting like there's no power in the blood of Jesus Christ to change lives. I'm still old school enough to believe that there's power in the blood. I still am old school enough to believe that Jesus still changes people. But when you're just adopting worldly secular ideologies and accepting those limitations, rather than saying, God, I need to bring my mind into alignment with the truth of your word. Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, how? Not by the removal of your mind, but by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is the good, the acceptable and the perfect will of God. And why settle for good and acceptable when you can have the perfect will of God and you could fulfill your God-given destiny and you could fulfill your God-given purpose. You do not have to live in conformity with the patterns of this world. But if you are not checking your markers in the day in which we live, you will drift. You will be conformed to this world and you won't even realise it. And if you're wondering, I'm especially talking to you millennials and Gen Zs, especially. The default system is that you will drift. If you neglect the fundamental truths of the Christian faith and gospel, you will compromise it 
with worldly secular ideologies and you will drift and you will think you're doing the right thing until you're out at sea and you are not even connected to an anchor that can hold you when the storms and the waves and the winds come in life. Stay anchored in Christ. Don't be conformed to this world. Allow God to transform your mind by renewing, renewing it in alliance and accordance to the Word of God. This is the only thing that is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. This is a book of life. This is a book of hope. Listen, when I first got saved, I was so messed up. I would write verses on stick it notes and stick them on my window and stick them in my car. And I'm 56 years old. I've been walking with Jesus for 35 years. And to this day, I am only ever one thought away from going back to how I used to think. I still stick stick it notes there. I still confess the Word of God. I still decree the Word of God. And I build my life on this Word. Not all the other words of the world. Maybe, maybe you're drifting when you're just too cool for school and you're just being conformed to this world in so many ways, I won't get sidetracked. Maybe you know that you're drifting. When you talk about it to others more than you pray about it to God. See, because we've got this little therapeutic generation, man, we just feel that everybody needs to know all our stuff all the time. And we just post it. I'm like, you're gonna regret that really soon. Like, you're gonna wish that was never out there. You don't need to process everything online in real time with everybody. This is why we have community groups. This is why it's so important to get plugged into community in church with people that are trustworthy, that you can process things. No one's talking about burying anything. No one's talking about denying anything, but we are talking about going to the right safe places to dialogue about things where you can work through your trauma and your pain and your doubts and your questions and your hurts in a safe place where it's not gonna be weaponized against you like it will be one day online. And so what we have to do is remember we're going to safe people and then ultimately we're going to God. Listen, I'm into counselling and therapy. Thank God. I am so about it. But I do also want to remind you that we do have a wonderful capital C counsellor who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and you can take it to Jesus. I'm astounded by how many professing Christians barely talk to God but talk to everybody else. I'm like, he's not an imaginary friend, he's real. I'm still old school, I still believe prayer changes things. I believe that prayer moves God and when God is moved, God moves mountains. Some of us, I think some of the angst we're feeling is that we're not taking things to God. And can I just tell you this? You will not get from people what you can only get from God. And some of you are living in such frustration because you're trying to get from people what they can't give you. People were not built to be God. And whether it's a person or a thing that's not delivering for you, it was never meant to. Idols always disappoint. Only Jesus will come through for you every single time. Only Jesus will come through for you. So maybe you're drifting. If all you're doing is talking about it to everyone and you're not praying to God, maybe you know that you're drifting when you're competing and comparing with one another rather than cheering each other on and celebrating one another. You've drifted. You've forgotten what the mission of God is. 
This is not some sort of like, you know, Christian, like the voice or, the, or, or American Idol where, you know, like, man, who, who's the cool person that we can put up there? I mean, we are one body and we are many parts in that one body. And Scripture says that God sets every part in place. And why we have a crippled body out there is because a lot of people have devalued their place. They think that to be significant, you have to be visible. And yet the Scripture says that it's the invisible parts that actually matter the most. But a lot of us have become displaced and we're being replaced because we didn't embrace the place that God told us to be in the body of Christ. And we compete and we compare and we put this one up here and we exalt that one up there. And then we're walking around and we're just like a crippled body rather than a body that is flowing. And listen, it really doesn't matter what place you have in it because there is only one head of this body and His name is Jesus. And He is the one that we magnify and He is the one that we're doing all of this for. So maybe you've drifted when this whole deal's become more of a competition and a comparison thing than us coming alongside one another and cheering one another on and standing alongside one another and helping each other fulfil their God-given purpose so that the Kingdom of God can advance and the Church of Jesus Christ can arise on this earth. But we've drifted from the purpose of God when we've made it about us and not about Him. Maybe you know that you've drifted. When you start isolating and you stop gathering. You know, the writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 10 said, do not forsake the gathering together as is the habit of some. It's interesting to me that during this time when the writer to the Hebrews, and they think he was a pastor, was writing to these Jesus followers, they literally, literally could have been killed for gathering together. And yet the writer to the Hebrews thought there is something so important that can only be achieved when you're embodied, when you're incarnated, when you come together that cannot be otherwise achieved, that it is worth risking your life to come together and gather. And when you think this whole Jesus journey is just about me, and it's just about a very self-individualized thing. And look, it's all right, Chris, I'm watching you today. I know the Cheerios are slipping down my face and it's awesome as I'm sitting in bed with my pajamas watching you, but it's all for the glory of God. You know, it's amazing to me how we justify to ourselves pure laziness. I'm not talking about medical reasons. That's an entirely different thing. Or physical reasons. That's an entirely different thing. But I am talking about flat out laziness. And I am talking about flat out mixing up our priorities. Because it just seems too hard because man, we got a good excuse now not to gather. And yet the scripture says, do not neglect the gathering together as is the habit of some. You know you're drifting in your heart when you truly no longer wanna be in community, when you don't wanna be accountable, and when you actually make it so much about you that you think it doesn't make a difference. Now, of course, I'm talking to the converted, so you all get a gold star, you're here. So you're going, thank God I turned up today. And the people online, you've just gone to the refrigerator to have taken a bathroom break, I know, right this second, so that's okay. But here is the deal, that oftentimes our gathering together is not about us anyway. 
It's about what divine appointment did you miss in the foyer because you weren't here? Who could have been on the other side of your blessing? Who could have been on the other side of you being there? When it's all about, well, I don't need it. What about if God's sending you for somebody else? Let me just end with this one. You know that you're drifting when you start yielding and you stop enduring. When you just start yielding into your fleshly desires because you know what, it's just too hard to endure. It's just all there. And yet it's so interesting to me that the writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews 12 talks to us about the fact that Jesus, for the joy that was set before Him, endured. He endured to the point of death a horrific crucifixion and death and separation from His Father because of the end goal. And we just yield because we've forgotten what this whole deal's about. And we're like, Chris, I'm out of here. I got hurt by that church. I got hurt by that person. I got hurt by this thing. Do you think Jesus was not betrayed by people close to Him? He knows what it felt like to be betrayed by really close friends that He poured His whole life into but he still endured. He knows what it was like for Peter to deny him, but he didn't give up on his mission. He knows what it was like for people to unfollow him. Before there was Twitter, Jesus was already unfollowed. In John 6:66, he gave a hard teaching about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And the Scripture says, many disciples that day turned away, many. And he didn't edit his message to bring him back either. Many. He knows what it's like for people to walk away. When his family didn't even understand him. When the Pharisees and Sadducees falsely accused him. But he still endured. He went through six illegal trials. But he still endured. When they whipped him beyond recognition when they stuck a crown of thorns on his head, he still endured, he didn't give up. When they stuck a spear in his side, hammered him to a tree, he didn't give up, he didn't stop. The Scripture says he endured. And then my Bible says that on the third day, he got up. Because He endured, He defeated hell, He defeated death. Because He endured, you and I have eternal life and we have forgiveness. And because He rose again from the dead, my Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you and lives on the inside of me. Therefore, church, we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. We can endure in this hour. We don't have to drift out to sea. We don't have to crumble. We don't have to walk away. We don't have to be taken out. We have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that lives in us. Therefore, we can endure in this hour. We can stay steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord our labour will not be in vain. It will not be in vain. So the writer to the Hebrews says, therefore then, let us also pay much closer attention, lest we too drift from so great a salvation.
Our best days are ahead of us, church. Oh, I feel like we are on the edge of revival like never before. But this is not a day to not be checking your markers. Because if you're not checking your markers, you will drift. Friend, I wonder if you know this Jesus that I'm talking about today. Not do you know about Him, but do you know Him? And if you don't right here, right now, I wanna give you the opportunity to address the spiritual condition of your heart, the opportunity to put Jesus Christ first in your life, online, on all of our campuses. In this moment, friend, I'm not talking to the person next to you, I'm talking to you. I just want every head bowed and every eye closed wherever you're sitting. And today, if you say, Chris, I I need what you're talking about today. I need a fresh start with Jesus Christ. I I wanna pray with you, friend. Just a very simple but powerful prayer. Perhaps a friend invited you into this place and, and you're not even quite sure what you're doing here, but you're not here by accident. You are here in the divine timing, the divine plan and the divine purpose of God. God has drawn you here to draw you to relationship with Himself. You were created by God for a relationship with Him. And it's Jesus that connects us to God and it's Jesus that connects us to the grace of God. Maybe you're sitting in this room or online or in any of our campuses. And as I've been speaking, you've recognised, wow, Chris, I've been drifting. I've drifted, man. Not quite sure how I've even ended up in church today, but I know that I've drifted. And Chris, I'd love to come back to God, but you don't know what I've been doing. You don't know what I've been saying and I'm right out to see. I just wanna tell those of you that feel that way that you actually don't have the power to outdrift the love or the grace or the forgiveness or the mercy of God. You don't have that much power. You are not too far gone. And even as I'm saying it, you're thinking, but Chris, I knew better. It's okay. God made provision for that at Calvary as well. He loves you. Tonight, come home to Him. Stop running from Him. Come home to Him. Make your peace with Him. So wherever you are tonight, wherever you are online, wherever you are on any of our campuses today, if you say to me today, Chris, I want what you're talking about. I want a fresh start with Jesus Christ, either for the very first time or I've been away from God, cold in my heart. I wanna pray with you. And if you want me to include you in my prayer, wherever you are today, would you just raise your hand across this room so I could see, I see hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm seeing hands go up everywhere. That's it, keep them up, keep them up, going right to the very back. That's fantastic. Keep those hands going up online on all of our campuses. Raise those hands high and say, yes, I want a fresh start. Which This is wonderful, this is wonderful. Keep them up high. I'm gonna pray a prayer. Everybody in the room is gonna pray this prayer out loud after me. Those of you that are believers, we are adding our faith to the faith of those that are raising their hands today saying yes to Jesus. So let's pray this with conviction today. Dear Jesus, I've raised my hand today because I recognise my need for You. I ask that You would forgive me for all of my sins, that You would give me a fresh start today and a hope for the future. I want to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ every single day for the rest of my life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus Christ a great ovation in this place. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. 
We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.